God, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Let me guess, you and Lorelai haven't made up yet, huh? Nope. Things are still very miracle worker at my house. Welcome to the Ultimate Gilmore Girls Movie Night Podcast. This is Philip. This is Courtney. And we're here to talk about The Miracle Worker. But first, Courtney, let's let everyone know what's been going on in our lives. Do we want to it's talk been, about why we have been doing a podcast been, in a month? It's been over a month since we've released a podcast when we got double indemnity out to everybody. And sicknesses have gone all around our family. Here's the thing. I've had a cough for four weeks. I feel like it's just recently gone away. Like in the last 12 hours. But I've had a cough for four weeks. So we decided not to go ahead and record because that would be a lot of editing on my part. I don't even think you would have been able to edit it. I couldn't get a (laughs) sentence out without a hacking cough. Yeah, because this podcast should have gone out. We watched the movie like a month ago. Yeah, we were all ready. Which basically means this podcast is going to be awful because we haven't seen it since then. So we're going off of a month full of memories. But we originally didn't record because I had a migraine and I went to bed at 7 o'clock. Yeah. If we had recorded that night, it would have been fine. I was dying. But we did not, yes. So that is the reason why it's been so long since we've had a podcast. What else has been going on? I mean, everyone is sick. Everyone is in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it. Everyone is sick. My sister went to get her kid tested for the flu today, has it. And the pediatrician told her that 75% of their town has the flu. Oh, wow. She said, I think they were exaggerating. (laughs) No, but other than that, things have been good. Lee turned four. Yeah. I'm hoping that will be a turning point for our family because three was a nightmare. Yeah, she turned four on December 4th. I finished my 100th book of 2022. Wow. I am now reading my 103rd book of 2022. So did you read the 101st, 102nd? Yeah. Okay. I I I I thought maybe you were reading three at a time right now. No, tonight I just started my 103rd book, okay. which I'm hoping Excellent. will be better than my 102nd. And my 100th. My 100th book was not good. I am not reading my 100th. I don't know which number I am, but it's not near as many. Because also you started reading. I know. That, that's you I all, feel you, like this last year became the year that our kids were able to entertain themselves a little bit more and I could actually do it. Because these two, I was the one that would read all the time. And now you read all the time. Because... I was like breastfeeding and yeah. creating babies and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was hard. And True. before that, I was in nursing school. So I'm making up for the last time. Yeah. I am reading. Right now, I just started a book because I had a birthday two days before Lee's. I turned 39. Oh, yeah. So that I, happened too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about me. So I got a couple of books. And one of them is a, you would be probably surprised to find out that it's regarding the Beatles. And it's a 200-page book over Hey Jude. To be fair, you don't talk about the Beatles that often on this podcast. I was actually talking to you. To me, yeah. Not to the audience. I don't really... 200 pages on Hey Jude? over Hey Jude. Yeah. I got that book for my sister. It was on my Amazon wish list, so it's something that I wanted. Last year, two years ago, I got a book on... That's like a couple hundred pages on the song White Christmas from her, from her birthday. Uh, She got me, that's funny, your sister got me a book of, I don't know how many years ago, several years ago, about Breakfast at Tiffany's, like Mm -hmm. the creation of the movie. 
Yeah. That's funny. She buys a lot of books well, about other forms of media. Both of these are on my Amazon wish list, so she knew I wanted them. I think, it wasn't just that. Oh, no, mine wasn't on my Amazon wish list, but yeah. I, that's because I didn't know about are you it. Gonna it was very good. Really are you going to reread it before we do the podcast over Breakfast at Tiffany's? No. You should. I also don't feel like I need to watch the movie. You could probably watch it by yourself. I will watch it because I enjoy it, but I don't feel like I need to. I'll be doing something more fun that night. Getting a root canal. What night? Whenever, whenever we're going to watch Breakfast at Tiffany's. Aww. I was basically saying that's not very good. <laughs> it is good. Yeah, yeah. The book is very good, though. It's Truman Capote, isn't it? Gotcha. It's very good. I've never read that book. Isn't it a short story? Or a novella, yeah. maybe? Yeah. We also had an election, and Oklahoma's stupid. But that's beside the point. I was going to talk all but about... yay, Pennsylvania. That is true. I was going to talk all about Oklahoma and the election whenever we did. I was, like, all ready to go just all in. And then it's been like three weeks since we were going to record. So my steam isn't there like it would have been. But anyways. I'm still proud of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania did well. Yes. Pennsylvania did well. Okay. Oklahoma never does. Okay. Georgia okay. just had a turnout. And that was good news also. Yes. that did. For those of us who are Democrats. It did not go well for other people though. I thought it went really well. <laughs> Oklahoma's stupid. <laughs> because we have a dumb governor. I started a new study at work. Oh yeah? What is it? It's a focused ultrasound study. So we're basically stimulating a very specific spot in the brain with ultrasound waves to see if it lessens depressive symptoms. How long of the study is that? As of right now, it's going to be about a year. But this is the pilot study to see if it's worth opening up. And then if it does well, will it have a full season? If the pilot does well? <laughs> That's not how it works. It isn't? <laughs> No. It's going to be about a year. It really just depends on how many subjects. That's a long are. pilot. Usually it's like maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Okay, I'm done. That's fascinating. Clearly uh, not. I think it is. I think it is. Okay, let's talk about the miracle worker. Where's this found in Gilmore Girls? This movie was referenced three times in season one, episode 10. Lane guesses that Lorelai and Rory still haven't made up, and Rory says things are still very miracle worker at my house. In season two, episode 22, Suki wants to walk down the aisle to a very sad song and Lorelai tells her it's really sad. And Suki says, who listens to the lyrics? And Lorelai says, anybody not hanging out with Andy Sullivan by the water pump. And then in season four, episode 20, Rory says, so which one are we going to watch? And Lorelai says, the absolute funniest movie known to man. That's so. Rory says, I'm loving the title. And Lorelai says, and Bancroft wrote and directed it. And Rory says, Andy Sullivan, look at you go. It's all about Excellent. What is your history with The Miracle Worker? I've seen it a lot of times and I don't know why. You've seen the movie or the play? I've seen the movie. I've never seen the play. Okay. I've seen the movie lots of times and I don't know why. I don't know if my mom watched it when she was teaching for a class and I had to watch it like with her. I don't know. I just feel like I've seen this movie a lot of times. This would be something an English teacher would probably yeah. teach on or so forth. I have never seen the movie. I saw the play once. I auditioned for the play once. Who would you audition to be? I guess the brother? No, because I was too old. It. I was in my late 20s. Oh. So like really... The dad? No, actually it was the doctor at the very beginning for the short, <laughs> the five seconds that he was on stage. And then, and then I think he's on stage at the end too. I think it bookends if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. I did not get it, sadly. And actually that I had never, before auditioning for that, I'd never done a straight play. So that was my first um, actual straight play to audition. So I didn't think I would get it. After that, I did. I guess I've only done like one straight play. 
Yeah, so I did not get it. I watched it. It was not a good production. It's unfortunate. It was not very good. Was it because you weren't in it? It was because the doctor was awful. (laughs) (laughs) If I had been in it, that would have made the play go up way. Yeah, it would have been amazing. I don't even remember who was in it. Uh, But yeah. I do feel like that scene with the doctor in the beginning is like the most dramatic of the whole, at least in the movie. And I'm nothing. She can't say. And I'm nothing if not dramatic. Super dramatic. I have friends that I was in Fiddler on the Roof with that will still say, she's dancing with a man! Because that was my line. And I did a good job of dramatizing that line. Nice. And... Really, I went. I went for it more each time, and until the end, I was like basically dying. Wow! So that's a good movie, a good play, a good musical theatrical production. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that some point. I think we watched it. I'm don't sure. We? I'm sure. Yeah. Because so, Kirk is in. Because who's in? Kirk. Oh yeah, he but plays Tanya. Yeah. Oh, that is some good songs for me. If I were with rich men, yabba dabba 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 dabba. I'm going to podcast all night long. No. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, we will get into this movie. The original synopsis I was going to do was like five pages. And it was going to bore everybody to death, including myself. Like it's not even like that I, in depth of a movie. It it's isn't. Required, but though. there are a lot of details about it. goes into detail about the fighting oh. and the pulling of hair and the throwing things. And it gets more into detail then. <laughs> she picked up a plate and threw it <laughs> angrily across the room. I think you should read the synopsis each time if that's how you're going to do it. Um, so, I mean, but I didn't this, have a line in Fiddler, but... Say she's dancing with a man as dramatically as you can. No. Oh, no. <laughs> it seemed like you can give me one or two details and I would have no idea when it was in the movie. Because yeah. it was just all fighting. It feels like the movie takes place, it's like she's a baby, and then it jumps forward, mm-hmm. and then it feels like there's a three-month mm-hmm. span of time, and that's the entire movie, is that yeah. a three-month span of time. So it's easy to get it all mixed up, because I don't feel like the timing is all that important. important to know that like they were fighting and everything prior to when they went to the cabin by themselves. As I was watching it, it felt like it was just a lot of filler, if that makes sense. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get it. We'll... Do it. Okay. We start off with the doctor, and who's dramatic. Very dramatic. But I will say the... that this scene was in my head every time we had a newborn in the house. Oh, really? Because she had a fever, and that's what caused her to be blind and mm-hmm. deaf. Adele specifically had fevers all the time when she was a newborn. We took her to the emergency room for a fever once. She had two febrile seizures for fevers. We canceled her second birthday party because she had a fever. We did. I was, like, very certain that she was going to be blind or deaf. And I'd never seen the movie, so that never crossed my mind. <sighs> I thought about it a lot. And what happens is they start making noise and, and trying to get her attention after the doctor had already left. And yeah. then they start, all he hears is the screaming. It's her, yeah. Yeah, and goes back. Really, it's the mom. Yeah. That's where all the dramatics is coming from. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious how realistic that is, though, because I have a friend who has a baby who is blind, and I feel like it took her a while 
to notice because when you have a newborn their eyes are crossing they're not looking at anything there's no focusing on anything so i feel like it takes a while to catch on to that in one of my i don't know how old the kid is in one of my favorite movies is mr holland's opus and oh it's so good i think that's on our list too and it has a lot of really good music as well but they are at a parade and their kid is in a stroller and they realized that all of a sudden alarms started blaring and everybody, like, I don't know if it was a fire truck, I don't even remember, but alarms started blaring and everybody was holding their ears and they noticed that the kid was still asleep. So that's yeah. how they knew, they noticed that. I feel oh, like you would pick up on deaf. that a lot easier. Yeah. But it's interesting to me, I don't know. I was going to say it's interesting to me that they do hearing tests on every infant in the hospital, but not vision tests, but you can't like, developmentally mm -hmm. their eyes aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. or what eyes are meant to do until they're older so it's interesting to me to watch that scene because i always wonder is that accurate because i feel like they wouldn't have noticed that i wouldn't have I... noticed if one of our kids under the age of three months i probably wouldn't have noticed if their eyes were focusing on what they should have been focusing on deafness for sure yeah i have no idea how long it would take but i thought like it would take, but yeah, I, but I think, he, I don't remember how old the kid was, but it wasn't, I don't think it was a baby And when they found out he was deaf. Kids respond to noises. Kids with average hearing respond to noises very early. We didn't, I don't know, I just remember tiptoeing around our freaking house forever when our kids were babies. And I always had the horrible thought that if they were deaf, you wouldn't have to do this. I never wished for deaf children. But and I never thought that people with deaf children were easy. lucky. Yeah. I just remembered thinking, huh, if your baby were deaf, you wouldn't have to do this. That was it. That, that was my only never, thought. It never crossed my mind. And also, I have a fascination with sign language, and I thought it'd be cool to have an excuse to learn sign language. Okay. That I do not want deaf children. I do not think that deaf children are like, how do I want to say this? I do not think it's like necessarily a good thing for families mm -hmm. to have deaf children, but I, I do have a fascination with deaf culture yeah. and thought it'd be nice if I could flush my toilet when I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night while my baby's sleeping and not wake them <laughs> up. Wake them up. <laughs> you, you want them to be deaf yeah. at certain parts of their no, life. I don't want then... my children to be deaf. I just <laughs> thought it would be nice yeah. if I could flush my toilet in the middle of the night. Okay. Wait to re -edit. I do not want deaf children. I can't wait to re-edit this. I know. So I'm trying really I want deaf children. I know. I'm trying really hard to be as politically correct and kind as I can be in this. It is always a difficult challenge. I will say, however, though, that my friend who whose daughter, I keep saying baby, she's not a baby anymore. She's two or three now, that is blind. She posts some of the, they have the coolest opportunities because mm. of the Oklahoma School for the Blind. And some of that stuff, which is, I mean, it's hard as anything, but they do some really cool things. Things that I wouldn't think about that they do with kids. And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thing to do. Yeah. I will say that you said hard as anything. And you paused before you said anything. And I thought, oh, she's going to say something that I'm going to censor nope, out. I didn't. I stopped so myself. So I was impressed. I stopped myself. So we'll jump forward and basically run through this. She's blind and deaf due to a severe case of scarlet fever. And See, now that has to be from her true story because they didn't say in the movie what was wrong with her. They just said she'd had a fever. A scarlet fever. That can cause heart problems. Did you know that later in life? I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. 
Scarlet or rheumatic fever, they both can cause heart problems later in life. And so Helen Keller is played by Patty Duke. Yes. Who five years later was in Valley of the Dolls. That just seems oh, so crazy. Yeah. That was 67, and this is 62. Obviously, she had the Patty Duke show in between those wow. two movies. But the fact that she was in Valley of the Dolls was just completely different only five years after making this. I guess that's fair, though. Like, I can, because I was thinking, like, man, how do you look so different five years later? But I can picture myself at one age and five years later looking totally different, as long as you catch it in the right ages yeah i mean she was six she was 16 when she did this so 21 when she did she looked a lot younger Mm -hmm. and and i was going to get into this a little bit later they originally didn't want her because she was older yeah uh, because she originated this part of broadway along with Anne bancroft i believe Uh, yeah a couple years earlier so she was younger so I, i have a feeling they probably Made her look look young. They they did a good job because I I would guess her in this movie at like 12 or 13. I don't know what age Helen Keller was supposed to be. And I mean, she might have been 15. I don't know birthdays or when they filmed, but she was born in 46. And this was more just the five year difference that that was made. Yeah. See, and she looked so much older than 21 Mm -hmm. in Valley of the Dolls. That's interesting. Colin Keller is frustrated by her inability to communicate and subject to frequent violent and uncontrollable outbursts and family is so unable to deal with her terrified and helpless parents contact the Perkins School for the Blind for assistance. First though I'm gonna I'm gonna amend that synopsis. Go for it. So there was a new baby in the house saying her little sibling they never really say but there was a little baby in the house and she was Getting to the point where unless you were watching her really closely, she could potentially hurt the baby. And the husband suggested putting her in a home, an institution. And then the mother said, give me one more chance. And then called the Perkins School. Perkins? Like the seminary? Perkins School for the blind. So I will say it wasn't the parents that were like, let's do this. We can make her better. It was the dad saying, hey, we can't do this anymore. I'm going to send her Ship her off. In response, they said, "And, and Sullivan? Who was played by Anne Bancroft, which I don't think I knew that Anne Sullivan was a former student at whenever. Oh, I did. She's not completely blind, but she was partially blind. I had no idea. I'm sure it was in the production I saw. Maybe I just fell asleep during it. I don't know. I don't remember that at all. (laughs) You were like, I'm not the doctor. I'm not the doctor. What's going on? I'm not going to watch it. But Anne Sullivan is played by Anne Bancroft, which brings us. To the 140th most popular segment in podcast history. Five degrees, five degrees or less of Gene Kelly. We're not doing so well. <laughs> I won't point. Each time. It's been a month, so. Yeah. Anyways, Ed Bancroft is in The Graduate with Catherine Ross. Do you know who Catherine Ross is? The name's not familiar. She is in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. She plays the love interest of Paul Newman's character, I believe, which Paul Newman was Butch Cassidy. So mm-hmm. anyway, she's, so that's all I know. I think she's married or she was married to Sam Elliott. Interesting. I don't know if she still is. I don't know. So Anne Bancroft is in The Graduate with Catherine Ross. Catherine Ross is in The Singing Nun. With, singing Nun? The Singing Nun. Why are there so many nun things? I don't know. Catherine Ross is in The Singing Nun with Debbie Reynolds. Who's in Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly. Dang. That so, was a trip. Yeah. I mean, it, it was only a couple people. And Bancroft and the Graduate. Catherine Ross is in the Singing Nun and Debbie Reynolds. Who's in Singing in the Rain with Gene Kelly. So, three degrees. Good job. My job here is done. If I... 
got paid millions of dollars for every <laughs> time I did this. <laughs> I have a lot of money. Yeah, we don't have a lot of money though, and we're the only ones funding this podcast, so you're not gonna so, get paid so, for this segment. Oh man. <laughs> no matter so, how good you are at it, you will never get paid. Okay. If Gene Kelly's widow, who is still running the Gene Kelly, like his legacy, wants to give us money for all of the sponsor or well, not sponsors, but for all for me bringing Gene Kelly to life and to light, not to life. That would be terrifying. Oh my gosh. I'm done. I won't. <laughs> oh man, it's like midnight. So they sent Ann Sullivan, a former student, to the Keller home as a tutor. A battle of wills ensues as Ann breaks down Helen's walls of silence and darkness through persistence. What is happening? <laughs> this is an awesome synopsis. Wow. Oh man. A battle of wills ensues as Ann breaks down Helen's walls of silence and darkness through persistence, love, and sheer stubbornness. Starting by teaching Helen to make a connection between her hand signs and the objects in Helen's world for which they stand. And that is literally the whole synopsis. I told you it was a really quick, I don't want to read the five pages. What's interesting to me, see, and I'm sure there's a book out there about this, but I don't really want to read it. But I do, I want someone to tell me what happened in real life because it doesn't make sense to me. I guess they didn't have American Sign Language at the time, or at least not as we know it now. But it's, Interesting to me that she taught her sign language by spelling everything. Cause like, I highly doubt Helen Keller could spell. She couldn't talk. She couldn't hear anything. She didn't know words. So how would she? So why would she know that like the letters represented? I guess that's what she was trying to get her to understand. But I'm wondering if they just hadn't created word signs yet. That it needed to be letters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It just always is interesting. And really, it changed because I've never seen the movie before. But I have seen still images and pictures. And so I knew there was a scene at the well that would happen. The water pump. The water pump. Thank you. I knew there was a scene with water, which is really when Helen Keller made a connection. Yes. Um, because she signed water into and She spelled it. Spelled it, yeah. Water into Anne's hands. And that's when the connection was made. Yeah. So I knew water and that whole thing would be a big part of the story. I just didn't know how. Yeah, it's interesting. I wish I knew what the sign for water was. I have no idea. I know what sign for milk is because of baby sign language. <laughs> I don't know what water is. Though. Yeah, there's just a lot of fighting and yeah, trying to get, I guess, get Helen Keller to calm down. And what I- But I also understand, like, imagine... How terrified your life must be. If you can't hear and you can't see. Yeah. Of course she's going to fight. Oh, yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. And that's really all she's ever known. And I can also understand the parents' point of view in that, like, it's just easier to let her act this way. It's easier to let Helen walk around the table and just eat things off of people's plates Mm -hmm. than to sit and try to teach her how to, like, sit at a table. But I also understand Anne Sullivan saying, no, we need to have higher expectations of her. This is ridiculous. She is intelligent just because she can't see her here. It doesn't mean she can't be expected yeah. to be a human versus yeah. an animal who just eats off people's plates. Yeah. Well, I, I can't imagine being one of those things, much less both. No. And it, it's interesting to me because I would imagine that given that scarlet fever was fairly common back then, and I wonder how many children became blind and or deaf 
in that time period and whose parents did send them away. And like, because Helen Keller undoubtedly became an amazing human, wrote books. She did a lot in the world. It makes me wonder how many people we missed out on that maybe were like just one of those two things that could have done a lot of really cool. It's just sad. It, I understand that it is a story of like triumph, but it's also like, I feel like we missed out on a lot of really intelligent people. Who are just sent away. Or, you know, like someone who's not blind or deaf and was just sent away because they're a woman who isn't married. You're saying patriarchy sucks. I don't know where to go on from here. <laughs> you don't, because you're a man. <laughs> You've changed this podcast. No, I'm just, don't you ever, do you ever, maybe I'm just crazy. I just, there are times that I sit and I think about how many intelligent, creative people we have missed out on as a society because those people were sent away for one reason or another. Is that not something you ever think about? I never thought about that. I think about that often. I'm going to say like maybe once a week in my entire life, I have thought, I wonder how many creative people we've missed out on because we treated them like they were psychotic and said them really you never think about those <laughs> are you afraid that you'll be sent away no is, is that, is that places like that don't exist anymore i'm just saying what are you saying i'm just saying we have missed out on a lot yeah no we have but, but, even, but i don't think about that once a week i think about it all the time even ann sullivan though like statistically that woman should not have lived she was sent to the tewksbury alm house which i said i was going to listen to the podcast about it again before this episode but i didn't but i did once listen to a podcast about the tewksbury alms house which is the institution where she and her brother lived and like she should not have survived there so many people died there and they lived in just filth and mm -hmm. sickness and death around them like she shouldn't have survived but she did Helen Keller shouldn't have not been sent away, but she met Anne Sullivan and they went on and did great things. And then a play was written about them. But then how many other people did we miss out on? For the same reasons. Anne Sullivan was sent away because I think they were orphans and she couldn't see well. So they sent her and her brother away. That's sad. That's sad. I feel like there's a lot of orphans in the world that Wolfen. like have done things. Orphan. What is that from? Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> When the major general is I've, saying, I've never seen that. Do you know what an orphan is? They say, and he says, oh, or have you ever heard of an orphan? And he says, orphan. He's saying the word often. And it's just, it's humorous. It's Gilbert. Often. It's Gilbert and Sullivan. No, I know that. I just don't, I've never seen it. But it's not supposed to be pronounced. I pronounce often. it how I want to. You're not supposed to pronounce the T. It's often. 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 I had an English often teacher so in high school who often. got like really mad at us. Because she said often. people say often to try to sound, better. to sound more educated, but in actuality, you do not sound educated because the often. T is supposed to be often. silent. I don't think people say it with the T to sound more educated. I just think I'm just telling they just you say that, that is way. what like I, I think I say it with the T, but I don't try to sound more educated. It just sounds better that I way. I just want to sound like more posh. Often, often, often. Now I'm going to be doing that. But anyway. I used to. Up they, until the age of 17, I said often. And then I had that English teacher that told us that it makes you sound dumb. So I've been saying often ever since. Often. I don't know which one. I think I go back and forth, honestly. <laughs> which, whichever way the wind now blows. Now you're going to question yeah. it. I don't know what I do. 
I need to go back and listen to this podcast and see if I <laughs> ever said the, that word. But anyways, that's from Partisans, which is also a good movie with Kevin Klein as the pirate king. All I know about Gilbert and Sullivan is what they sang in Heart of Dixie when they had their Gilbert and Sullivan variety night. Was it I am the model of a modern major general? Yes. I am a very model of a modern major general. Oh my god, I just forgot his name. Not Dr. Hart, the other doctor. What's his name? Lemon's dad. Breland. Dr. Breland. Brick Breland. I'm there. there. Go. I got it. Brick Breland sings. I am the very modern model, model of a modern major general. I was in Parts of Penzance in eighth grade. That was our eighth grade musical. And I was the sergeant of police. In this end of the first act, going into the second act, there was a pirate at the beginning, but then because the police don't show up till like mid to late first act, I had a solo. It was exciting. The guy who played our major general, who sings the "I'm a very mild modern major general," he lost his voice the week of the show. Sad. <laughs> it still worked out well, but he lost his voice. So I also had a mustache that was painted on, or not painted on, but put on with pencil. Paintbrush? Not a paintbrush, a pencil. Pencil? pencil. Like pencil. eyeliner yeah, pencil? Yeah, eyeliner pencil. <laughs> yeah, not a paintbrush. <laughs> Wait, I forgot something else that has happened since we last did a podcast. What? I got a tattoo. You did get a tattoo. It's not a mustache. It's not a mustache, but it is a tattoo. And now my sister and I are matching tattoos for our mom. What does it say? It says, work the magic. What does that mean? My mom used to say it on long road trips. That if you go to sleep, it makes it go faster. I think we probably We're, just annoyed her. Now that I'm a mom, like if, at the time, I was like, oh, that's such a sweet thing to say. Now that I'm a mom, like she just didn't want to talk to her anymore. So you got magic tattoos of what your mom said when you annoyed her, which I guess is kind because it wasn't her yelling at you. It was, yeah, it was it's just being nice. It was better than me saying, just close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I usually do. <laughs> our kids are gonna get tattooed. This says, "Close your eyes." Oh my god! I don't even want to think about what our kids are gonna get tattooed. I'm <laughs> so mean to them. <laughs> they talk so much. That's all they do. It's uh, literally from the minute Adele wakes up in the morning until the minute she goes to sleep at night, she talks and does not stop ever. Yeah. I just don't really want that to be the rest of my life. It is. Just gotta be okay with it. Okay, we're so off topic. All right, I'm going to go through some background information. Okay. Although, like, I mentioned this kind of before, but although Patty Duke had been playing Helen Keller in the play for more than a year, she almost didn't get the part in film adaptation. The studio felt that being a teenager, she looked too old to play a seven-year-old. She's supposed to be seven? Apparently. However, they decided to use Duke after deciding to use Anne Bancroft who played Duke's original Anne Sullivan in the play. Patty Duke later played Annie Sullivan, which I think we had talked about when we did Valley of the Dolls, in a 1979 TV production, The Miracle Worker. And Melissa Gilbert, which is Little House on the Prairie fame, was Helen Keller. What? I don't know anything about Little House on the Prairie. Is it yeah. a show or a movie? It was a show. It was on from like 73 to like 81 or something. It was on forever. I don't know. Kyle Richards was on it. I didn't know that. Do you know who Kyle Richards is? No. You've told me her name. She's a real housewife yes, of Beverly Hills. Yeah. There you go. Wow. There you go. Complete, complete guess. Wow. All right. Mark Twain was the first person to refer to Annie Sullivan as the miracle worker. Huh. 
Twain was a friend of Helen Keller. Knowing what I know about Mark Twain, I'm wondering if he said it like sarcastically. Man, my friend <laughs> Helen is so hard to deal with. You must be a miracle worker to put up with her. I just, that's Possibly. the image I get of Mark Twain is that like he's sarcastic and picked on his friend a little bit. Possibly. Anne Bancroft wasn't present to receive her Academy Award for Best Actress. At the time, she was in New York doing a play, and the award was accepted by Joan Crawford. Crawford did it to spite her Whatever Happened to Baby Jane co-star Betty Davis, who was also nominated. Crawford wasn't nominated, but she accepted it to spite Betty Davis. Listen, <laughs> there's a lot of pettiness and like shade throwing in the Real Housewives world, but no one did it better than actresses of that time. <laughs> they like created uh, the pettiness. Yes. Yeah. I saw that and I knew I had to throw that in because we've talked about them Damn, before. Joan. So that is Miracle Worker. Yeah. Who That's would it. like it in the Gilmore Girls world? I don't even know. Is anyone like a fan of this movie? I enjoy it. I enjoy watching the story, but like, I don't know if there's anybody that's, oh, I love that movie. It has a 96% score on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. Okay. I don't know what it has from the fans. I think people can, I just don't think of yeah. it as a movie that people are like, oh, let's sit down and watch The Miracle Worker. I just don't, I don't yeah. know. It just doesn't really strike me as that kind of movie. I feel like Mrs. Kim would approve of it. Okay. She would allow Lane to watch it. Okay. Out of 10 cups of coffee, how many cups of coffee would you give it? I'd give it eight. I don't want to watch it again, but okay. i give it eight. Okay, okay. It's a good movie. It's a well-done movie, and the story is very interesting. I gave it a two. A two? I was so bored. Wow. It was like, I assumed you'd probably give it a five. No, you, it know, was... you know how much I love Slightly English. I, oh, I, I didn't think about that. I just that. have this really weird thing. I just always wanted to learn Boring, and I just did not enjoy See, it. I was like watching her make, do the, the finger spelling uh, to make sure she was doing the letters right. She I... Was. Don't ever plan on watching it again, unless you make me. I don't want but to watch I, it again. I just, no. I respect it for yeah. what it is. It's just not. I can see why people think of it highly. I just don't. I just don't. And really, I apologize for insulting your favorite movie earlier when I insulted Fifth of Tiffany's. So that is it. higher than a two. I get that Mickey Rooney. But that's what ruins I get it, it for me. I get it. I get it. But I am not going to throw the whole movie out because of that one terrible choice made in the 50s, 60s? I think it's the 60s. Possibly. But listen, I'm not going to throw the whole movie out. And also the main choice. character of, what's his name? He didn't have a name in the book, but the main guy yeah. was gay in the book. So um, the whole love story of it is a little silly too. But it's still a good movie. I think you can throw it all out because no. that horrible choice of no. That it's a terrible choice. Time. I'm not denying that. That takes it at least six cups of coffee in my book. I feel like when they talk about it on Gilmore Girls, they say borderline racist. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, that was just outright racist. You hired a white man to play a caricature of an Asian man. But anyways, that movie will get a higher score than this movie. I just. You're just bored. Is that was your main complaint? I was bored. Boring. I was bored. And I don't dislike movies from the 50s and 60s. So it's not like. No, you're just, yeah. No. It's not like I'm someone who's like, I want action. My favorite movie of all time. No, but you want more. You want music, or you want comedy, or you want dancing, or you want something. Well, yeah, something and there's not really... Suspense, or... Like, yeah, and there's nothing like I that. I 
didn't care about any of the characters. I gotta be honest with you. I didn't care about Helen Keller. No, if Helen Keller had never learned if <clears> that <throat> whole at the water scene didn't happen, it whatever. It would not care. I, no, I am fascinated by her yeah. story. There's also no singing. I guess if she is deaf, there's not gonna be very much singing. I am fascinated by her story though. Yeah. That's fascinating. I did look some of her story up because I was interested in like how everything that happened as she was an adult. Because she lived to a pretty old time, age. Yeah. yeah. And she like wrote books. Yeah. She I think she stuff. died. I think she died right after this movie was made. Uh, or around the time this movie was made. So she died in the 60s. So she lived to be pretty old. I have this thing about deaf culture. I'm just very fascinated by it. I know. That's why so... I loved Daniel in Dancing with the Stars this season. Yes. Oh, we also watched Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah. Probably at least finished watching it. And Mass Singer. So there you go. All right, so that was The Miracle Worker. In two weeks is Christmas Eve, and we plan on having another episode. Hopefully we won't have another month off or whatever. As long as nobody gets sick, nobody loses any voices, and so forth. So we will do a Christmas episode of Gilmore Girls. Which episode will we be discussing? We'll do the season one episode, Forgiveness and Stuff. So... Check out season one episode, Forgiveness and Stuff of the Gilmore Girls, and we will talk to you all next time. Bye.